Hold on, I got one for you to edit All in. Right. All right. The bar is open. Must be summertime. <laughs> it's fucking hot in here. It is hot in here. So we're back again. We are back in the Good Idea Studio, Flying the Wall Productions. This is going to be short timing for this room, isn't it? Yeah, we're we're almost done living in this house. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I don't know if y'all remember, you know, those of three of you that have actually listened to the podcast, you know, more than once. Uh, Chani was going to have his house tore down and rebuilt. We were not going to be able to do podcasts this summer. Remember that plan? I remember that. Yeah. I do too. That was we, short-lived. Well, that that yeah, that didn't happen. So regardless, but they did find another house to buy. So eventually, they will be done with this piece of shit. <laughs> Anybody want to buy a house? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you can edit that one out. Oh, well, we can. I would wait. Yeah, but uh, yeah, so you know, so even though we love our little studio here, especially in the wintertime, it's real cozy. Yes, in the wintertime it's great when it's 30 below. Yeah, but it's not very conducive to a 90-degree day. Right, right now, like after fencing all day. You're like teabagging a fucking bag of ice. No, with your little sun tattoo on the top of your head. Yes, my little sun tattoo. Which People, is, I hope you enjoy my little sun tattoo on the oh, top of my head. Sun tattoo is going to be at the head of the show. <laughs> yeah. Head of the show. Call this show The Head. It is The Head. <laughs> Just Dana, a tip. Dana, Just a tip. Hey, Dana even gave me a hit this morning. But yeah, tell us how that went. <laughs> it, it went great. You were telling me. rabbit. Well, no. Okay, here, okay, here. here so, we go. So, so the rabbit died. So I, I, I'm, I'm getting a blowjob, and I've been having this problem with fucking <laughs> goddamn rabbits eating my fucking peas. So is that was, what they're calling it these days? Well, <laughs> in my garden, in my goddamn garden, there's been like rabbits a rabbit, in the bush. a rabbit, and a family of rabbits eating my goddamn peas. And I love garden fresh peas more than like, oh yeah, don't fucking eat my peas because this will happen to you too, motherfuckers. But so I'm getting a blowjob, and out of the corner <laughs> of my eye, I see the fucking rabbit run into my garden. So I'm like, you gotta stop right now. And I fucking get up, grab the fucking pellet rifle, fucking run outside, shoot this rabbit, and then I called Sanchez at 5.30 in the fucking morning. Yeah, I go, hello. <laughs> and I'm like, would you like a fresh rabbit kill? And he's like, Bring it over, I guess. <laughs> put it on my back, that, or put it on my front porch. Bring like, it over, yeah. Drop I'm like, it. I already put it on your back porch. He's like, that, that won't work. Just get out of here. I don't want to deal with you right now. Like, it's in my underwear. Man. Yeah. <laughs> I figured you weren't dressed yet, but like, so this is second rabbit kill of garden season 2020. Oh, you got another one already. Oh, I shot one more, but it was a little guy. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. We don't want to talk about the little. Ones. Well, the little ones are or destructive. The baby. Fun. Well, they're destructive, but they're also tasty. They I are. told him, I was like, hey. Yeah, but there's not much there for the little time. No, but I, I told him, I said, hey, if you don't want to cook it, have fucking Sanchez bring it over. We'll put it on the smoker. We'll smoke a fucking rabbit. I'll eat some fucking yeah, well, smoked I mean, rabbit. They're, they're I just he, need to research a little it one, a little He's bit. talking about a little one. No, the one that you got. Yeah, well, that's that's like eating two chicken legs. That's it? Yeah, that's yeah. it. That's about all you get off. Off of, off of a cottontail rabbit, the, the amount of e- edible meat is about two good-sized drumsticks. Okay, then we Except need... Except the, the nice thing about it is they're like the consistency of the meat is like a breast, chicken breast. Nice and dry and white. Well, then we need some more rabbits. Yeah, we need tons of rabbits. Rabbits. And I'm then, sure there's rabbit farms around here. No, we can well, I don't think... a couple of gals, a couple of dyke gals that, lived, that worked at they're the... They're not going to uh, appreciate us going to shoot the rabbits. I'm just talking no, about, I'm talking the, about, the, about the ones that are... rabbits. 
We could buy rabbits. Rabbit meat. We can go hunt it for rabbits, too. It's no big yeah. deal. Yeah, but if we only find, like, two, then there's not Oh, much. we can get more rabbits. There's rabbits on people's land. Yeah. <laughs> but those are those big fucking jackrabbits. No, no they're not. Like no, cocktails. Yeah, there's okay. tons of cocktails. So I was in physical therapy today, and uh, I've been telling my physical therapist, who's a real doctor, by the way. He yes. actually got a medical degree. Uh, and he said, so you do this podcast thing. He said, so what do you, what's your plan for this weekend? I said, well, tonight's podcast, you know. And, and then the week, you know, I told him we're going to do some things with my buddy's trailer tomorrow. And, and then Sunday, I just don't have a plan, so I guess I'll just sit around, you know, hang out. He said, so tell me about your podcast. I said, well, you know, it's, it's, I'm looking around. I'm, try, I'm trying to figure out how to describe it to him. This guy's, like, obviously a real religious, clean-cut young kid. Oh, no. He's got, like, six kids, and his wife's pregnant with her seventh. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and, and he's obviously really clean cut, you know. Yeah. And just have a, have a ball, you know. Yeah. Like, oh, well, what do you talk about? So I, I gave him the whole rundown. <laughs> he might listen tonight. <laughs> or he might listen. Well, he might listen. Did you, period. Did I you guess. tell him about Well, oh, I showed him the website <laughs> and everything. But did you tell him about how I talk about cocaine oh, and yeah. That's going to yeah. be our first bad review. Well, see, the thing is, is last Wednesday I went in, and there were a bunch of people in there, and him and the guy he was training were asking me about it. And I look, and I'm looking around, and I go, you know, I don't really feel comfortable talking about it. <laughs> 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 He's going, what? I said, really? I, I don't. I said, because just because, you know, I'm saying something, and I, got, and I can say whatever I want, doesn't mean these people bought into listening to what I'm going to tell you. Yeah. He's going, oh. <laughs> Like he's he still didn't been, get it, but like he's never he, been he was really—he was really curious tonight why I couldn't talk about it last time. But he—he he, he, like you can tell that he's never been exposed to the. Oh, he has no idea. He—he he doesn't believe people like us exist. Boy. Well, I told him I lived when, when I slept. It's gonna I be more than one bad review. <laughs> 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 but I mean, when I told him that I've been sleeping in a hammock for like eleven or twelve years. The, fa- the look on his face was like, he, he couldn't, he says, well, you mean you, you've got like a hammock in your yard? I said, no, I sleep in a hammock. I said, I, I threw away my bed. I haven't had a regular bed for years, so long I can't remember sleeping in one. I go, you sleep in a hammock? <laughs> well, you actually yeah. put a hammock in your house and you sleep in it. That's what yeah, you couldn't with believe. a mattress in it. And yeah. I, I had a custom, uh, like, blanket made to, yeah. that wraps around the whole hammock. I mean, yeah, I got, I'm cadillac buddy. <laughs> He's like going... But you sleep and have <laughs> you don't have a bed? And he says, Well and then I told him I only got one chair. He says, What do you mean you only have one chair? I said, I only got one chair. I said, only one of me, I only got one chair. And he says, Well, what kind of chair is it? I said, It's a recliner and I hate it. I almost never sit. <laughs> and he goes, well, what do you sit in? <laughs> I said, Well, I sit on the edge of my hammock. He's like going, you and your hammock, man. <laughs> well, he goes, what's the deal with the hammock? And I said, what do you mean, what's the deal with the hammock? He says, well, the hammock. Tell me about the hammock. I said, it's the hammock I sleep in. So when I get up, I can stuff a pillow here, fold it over, and it becomes a chair. It's, you know, it's great. It's a multi-purpose thing. He's like, well, I, I don't get it. <laughs> then today, he was like, yeah, I could tell he was really interested in what I couldn't tell him about the podcast <laughs> last last time. Well, it's a good thing he's a physical therapist and not just a therapist. Well, uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, 
Well, and, he, and he, he, we've already had the, the psychology discussion. We would be dealing with the medicated Sanchez right now. He, he's totally. Well, the doctor like, you told think, me to take three of these. Do you I thought you're, you said? Th- do you think you were not dealing with a medicated Sanchez? <laughs> but like, there is this super smoking hot fucking gymnastic chick, and you're recording. So I'm gonna say her name was Beverly. Becky. Beverly. Beverly. Okay. Yeah. Beverly. So Beverly would come out, dude, and she'd sing with us once in a while. I'm like, oh my god, dude. Like, I don't know. She probably wasn't the greatest singer ever, but we did shit like, uh, no doubt with her. Dane, our fucking fantastic uh, guitar player. L7. Yeah. L7 and, um. L7 as in, like, Rick James L7? No, as oh, in, okay. like, L7, she the is. punk lady band. Oh, uh, I never wrote. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, shit. But anyway, she. I did hear that. And Hole. She did Hole. Violet. Yeah. She was, so, she was cool. But, I, you know, and the Very thing is, like, here. Yeah. I don't know how good she was really vocally because I was so horny and but so young. Oh, oh, yeah. And, and you were looking at her from the back, right? Well, I was looking at her as a 17-year-old guy. This chick is 22, yeah. right? Yeah. Just fucking singing and not giving a fuck. Was she party. hot? Oh, yeah. She oh, was yeah. <laughs> so, anyway, like. And she knew the words, right? Oh, yeah. She was yeah. good, man. This is before you could read them off the cell phone. Yeah. She just knew them. No, so, well, she was insecure. She yeah. she needed a little positive reinforcement. Yeah. So, yeah. Cocaine. She needed cocaine. <laughs> oh no, there's no oh, cocaine. No, no, no. We were we didn't even have access to such fucking luxuries yeah, back I think then. Think if you did. Yeah. Well, yeah. Like I was starting to feel weird vibe. You know, like oh, uh, you know, maybe this girl's into me. Oh. And apparently, Shinkei fucking noticed from behind the kit because she. You know, we go to a break in the night, and uh, <laughs> she goes somewhere to do something, and she takes up to me. He's like, "Dude, go get her." <laughs> I was like, "You saw that too?" He's like, "Go now." I was like, "All right." I think my exact phrase was, "You hesitate, masturbate." <laughs> yeah. 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 So I went to go get her. And like, long story short, the guys were all fucking real good dude bros, and they all went to the Paragon and left me to my devices with that fucking beautiful woman. Oh, yeah? Yeah. He dumped you. We had a great time. Yeah, he's well, the one no, to yeah. fucking do that shit. Yeah. They were all just like, oh, yeah, bully, you know. And to me, it was the accomplishment of my life. He's 17, hooking up with a fucking woman that can buy me alcohol. She was <laughs> and it all went good. Yeah, I mean, it was all good. Went great for nice. a few months. Yeah. yeah. Hey, they don't did. want bad. <laughs> for twelve hours, I had a real good few months. Twelve you know, hours right? would have been a bonus, right? Oh fuck. Well, <laughs> well, like, yeah, like I say, it went. It happened there. It happened a few more times that night. Then it happened more the next morning, and yeah. it was good for a very long time. Nice. Well, a very long time it. at seventeen is a yeah. couple months. I got it. went good. I got and it. then we broke up, and I. Started dating her sister. <laughs> this is. I was gonna say. This this is a North Dakota story, right? Oh, you, you know I've heard her. tales such as these. You should have just seen her. Don't make her laugh. Don't make her laugh. Oh, dude, she's unbelievably beautiful. Oh, yeah, except for her laugh. So, does this count as interfamily love? I don't know what it counts as, but it counted a lot of pride for me, seventeen-year-old man. <laughs> it was a good time. You know, I've heard stories sisters. about Bravo, about, <laughs> yeah. Bravo. I've heard stories about the the reproductive cycle of the North Dakotans. <laughs> yeah. See, th- this all was just originally uh, 
that I needed to tell a story for me and Shanty Claus's past. Oh, okay. I'm and, sorry. Uh, I'll just <laughs> the the fact that he gave me the pep talk there is like yeah. we like I was 17, Shante was 48 or so. Yeah, yeah. And <laughs> in my mind, some I retired. Much older than me. I can't you know? believe that old guy could still play my, drums. <laughs> he was my sage guide through that the land of acquiring right Punani. So, <laughs> acquiring minds want to know. That makes me 103. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he obviously wasn't. You know, yeah. but like in my brain, he's like this. He's in his fucking early 20s, right? Yeah. But in like my brain, as a teenager, like, oh, the wise, the old the wise man age. told me, like, to get the ass. pussy, you need to <laughs> perform these tasks. Right, yeah. I performed those tasks, and he was dead right. And then I fucking listened right. to him for a long time <laughs> after that, until fucking he steered me wrong a few times. <laughs> then I had to be a man to make up my own, you know. Then, you know, it's all at some point, he was just testing you. At some point in time, a guy's well got to ask himself, do I sit on my hands or not? Because I could really fucking bust this. Camping <laughs> is so fucking stressful. <laughs> you know, our you happy camper road trippers has evolved. We used to fucking just rough it. Well, yeah, we used to go up in a tent. Or his front seat of my car. That's where that's, that's I still sleep. I have a tent. <laughs> And a canopy without the canopy. Yep. Just a few tarps. A whole bunch of coolers. Yep. Full of yeah, tons of coolers. That we never and then one would always leak and get somebody's bed wet. Yep. <laughs> well, and then the air mattresses would lose their Yeah, they'd lose all their air. Air, middle of the night, and you wake up because Labor Day weekend up here in the north. It can get kind of cold. It gets cold. And yeah. then you wake up and your fucking air mattress is flat. You gotta piss. It's so, so freaking cold. It's so cold, but you're so comfortable and warm that it's you don't want to move. It's like God, I wish I could just fucking hang it outside the tent and take a piss. I drank a bucket load of beer last night. And I didn't oh, sleep yeah, in the camper did. because I knew I was going to be peeing all night. I peed like nine times last night. But now it evolved. Well, evolved into a tent after you got yourself a yeah. We, we like used it one time. I bought spent three hundred fifty dollars on a great big giant tent. We used it one time. Tent. <laughs> we went out Bad. there. I remember we went out to Schnell. Yeah, yeah. I remember it was going four wheelers. Took us wet. about three hours to put the tent up because it was the way it was designed was just freaking weird. Yeah, I mean, it was well, nice well, tent. It's nice. great, nice tent. Oh, I'm, I'm nice. hoping I can sell it for at least one hundred fifty bucks. Well, well, been the used first once. happy camper road trippers we uh we went on to South Dakota with Custer. Yeah, we drove, yeah, we drove all night. We didn't get there until like uh, Sarah one Josh. o'clock in the morning. And Sarah was actually pregnant. Yep. 11. She was pregnant with her with her uh, first kid. And she here was uh noobs to yep. everything. To everything. Yeah, noobs to yeah, to us. To <laughs> us in our ways. You guys hadn't been dating very long at that point. But uh, then, we, eventually, we just evolved to this camper because Cheech got pregnant. We missed a couple camping trips. But we we, we but haven't missed a, a we haven't missed a happy camper. Yeah, we did. Man, the first one, the first one, the uh, no, the one, the first one after Tinsley. Yeah, with Tinsley was first born. Really? Yeah. We didn't do one that year. No. Sarah, Sarah didn't really. I honestly don't a, remember not doing it. It was just a little baby baby, so we didn't do it. 
Well, cheers to 2020. The year of the fucking yeah. toilet paper shortage. The year of the fucking. And the dog just chewed on. The year of the giant paper. slap in the face <laughs> to humanity. To humanity. All right. Happy camper. Happy road campers. Happy hour news team. I remember my buddy and I, Troy. They took us to Beaver Lake Campground. That's the first time I've ever been there. It was back in my junior high. They took us in a little Winnebago. Mm -hmm. And at the time, we had the ceramic skull that we drilled the nose out of. And we put a bowl. We made a bong out of the ceramic skull. And we traveled South Dakota with me and his parents went to Vago. We walked around that campground high as fuck. And we you know, they, they slept in the Winnebago, we slept in the tent. But we walked and that was the first time I've been to Custer, South Dakota. Which brings me full circle to our Happy Camper Road Trippers, which was our first road tripper campers. Well, that's, yeah, that's where I took, put us. Yeah. And then later on in life, they took us again to Chida. We went camping to Chida, and Troy and I were big into BMX racing. We watched that movie Rad, I don't know how many fucking times. And we tried to emulate them and do those dancing bike tricks. Oh. And Troy had a had a fucking mongoose, I think it was. No. What the fuck was it? With mags for wheels, and I made the wheels really heavy, so you couldn't do the tricks that they were doing on that movie Rad, because the bike was too heavy. But anyways, he fucking did an endo and his brake fucking broke and he went ass over tea kettle right in front of some fucking chicks oh no oh it was funny as hell bike broke and uh we, we tried to talk to these girls all weekend we didn't because we were like 13 14 years old and we just didn't have balls yet <laughs> but they watched us wipe out on the bike they watched us you know we watched them you know, at 13, 14 years old, you go camping and you run into some girls. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. All you're, you're trying to figure out, mm -hmm. how am I going to get in that? <laughs> but you're really not, because I think you'd be scared shitless. Well, yeah, you are. You're all out. Yeah. Trust me, you're 13, 14 years old, you want to. But would but you? you? But you don't know how. You don't know what <laughs> you're saying about how you go about doing <laughs> But, yeah, but I remember the ride home. We were up on top uh, smoking cigarettes. Up above the driver, they had that loft where the oh, bed is. Yep. We had the windows open. We're smoking cigarettes. <laughs> Troy's like, all right, I'm going to go talk to him. I'm going to go talk to him. The day we left, China, I think it was over Labor Day. Then we find out we're leaving. Fucking, we wake up and his dad's on the road already. Fucking Troy leans over. Turn this piece of shit around right now. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Go talk to these chicks. <laughs> I don't know if you told, but for, oh, for all these people who don't know, China is a 
It's a lake and a campground. Well, yeah, this we is camping. Area. Yeah. It was over Labor Day. I'm, I'm pretty sure it was. Classic we still in school. Classic story of you finally Some, got the balls and the courage to go. Well, we're back already and on our way home. We wake up and the fucking camper's moving. Turn this piece of shit around. <laughs> what the fuck you doing? Troy's pissed. I don't know. I guess I was probably in my mid-30s. I was... Loveland, Colorado, I was, I was uh, staying with my mom for a couple of weeks. I'd been living in Greeley, Colorado. And I came to visit. I don't know. I was just hanging out. And I decided to go to this bar. It used to be downtown, and it used to be at the old train station. And they called it like the Blarney Stone Station or some shit like that. And I went in there night. It was a nice place, you know. And they had a nice. Uh, you walk in, a nice bar area, and then they had, of course, like a kind of a nightclub area in the back. Like a big room, lots of seating and stuff, tables. I was sitting at the bar. And I went in to watch a football game because my mom wasn't into football. I was watching football back then, and so I wanted to go watch the Monday Night Football. So I'm sitting there, I'm having a nice beer, and, and it's, I think it was pretty early in the season, because it was pretty warm out, because the doors were open, and I'm sitting there, and there's like me, and a bartender, and one other person down at the end of the bar, and I look down, and here comes this guy walking across the parking lot, coming in the front door, he's, I don't know, about five foot seven, he's got hair, big like curly hair, great big giant beard. He's wearing a super skin tight like tank top and a like a hot pink skirt with fishnet stuck. Oh <laughs> High heels, you know. And, and he's got makeup all over his face and this guy's a fucking mess. I mean, and he's crying. He's bawling his head. And he's got a big beard, you know. And mm -hmm. he's got dark hair and curly. And and he's got like lipstick all over and he's got mascara running down his face. <laughs> he's got fishnet stockings on hairy legs. Mm -hmm. You know, wearing these stupid freaking high heels, this mini skirt. <laughs> and he comes in and he pulls right up next to me and proceeds to tell me all the sort of fucking details about his fucking mm -hmm. love life and how nobody loves him. And, and then he kept wanting to like buy me a beer. <laughs> and take you home. Yeah, well, you know, <laughs> well, the bartender started getting on him. I said, no, no, you know, I said, that's okay. I said, you don't have to throw them out or anything. But I said, you know, I, I told the guy, I said, listen, I said, you know, I'm, I'm sorry that your life sucks, you know, but, <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but I'm not interested, you know, I don't, I don't swing like that. And uh, he, he, he finally, the bartender made him leave. He said, you're making people uncomfortable. You're going to have to go. <laughs> then there was another one. I was, uh, well, there's no climax to that story. No, that was it. Well, I just, I attract them. I used to when I was you, younger. You attract them. Oh, I attract all kinds of weird fucking people. <laughs> you know, well, back know. in my later days of Guam, right before I left, we hung out at a beach bar called Tahiti Rama. That's where I smoked my first $20 joint. Yeah. I was 20 bucks a gram there. Way before it was twenty bucks a gram anywhere. Yeah, because you're on a fucking island. Yeah, yeah, and and it's you know, big deal. It's a big mm -hmm. deal. Yeah. But anyways, there was a guy there. Uh, fuck was his name? Uh, Rex. He was a one man band at Tahiti Rama, and he would sing songs, play guitar, do synth sounds, you know, sing, put 
know, all that. And uh, years later, after I got home, I was looking through High Times magazine. And I saw this fucking nice bud. I was like, oh my god, it said Rex Guam Guam. Oh, yeah. I'm like, <laughs> oh, oh, I bet it was him. I bet it was him. Because he didn't give two fucks about anything. He would sing about, he sang a song, Hotel California. He called it the Hotel Fornication. He talked about politicians. And, oh, yeah? Yeah, he just made up his own words and just did his crazy shit. Now I hear Guam has no more fucking beach bars. What? Yeah, the hotels took over. Pretty much the oh, okay, yeah. The uh, I can beach, see that happen. Front area. Tourists yeah. Everything really getting corporate. Destroyed. That's the way it was in Hawaii. Was there before. Like well, a, they changed things. Well, the thing is, with uh, if you're a resident there in Guam, everything is cheap as fuck. Unless you go down to Hotel Row and you start shopping, like right at Hollywood, fucking Gucci, fucking all the places. But we found some uh, Japanese women there one year. One. We were there. We were going to this club. It's called Club USA. Five dollars for my buddy Rusty and I to get in. But for them to get in, it was thirty-five bucks a piece. Oh, yeah. Because they were tourists. Ah, okay. Like, Clip joints, huh? Holy fuck, man! I mean, you show your military ID, you get fucking privilege all over the fucking island. Yeah. Well, that's that's pretty much runs Guam's economy. Yeah. The military. Three military bases. Yeah. The north, the middle, and the south. Yep. <laughs> and it employs about 90% of the island. Yeah. Well, yeah, if exactly. You're, if, you're not, if you're not like in a store or a, a bar or a restaurant, you're, you're working for the military. But that uh, yeah. fucking hotels took up the whole fucking beachfront area. Yeah. It, I mean, it was... You could walk out 200 yards into the ocean because Guam's reefs break out. Right. Way out there. So it's like an atoll. Any, they call it an atoll. They call it the fucking washing machine to death. Yeah. <laughs> the undertow is fucking nuts. Oh, oh yeah? You yes. get caught in oh, that, yeah, you're, you're fucked. No, you're not, but it, you got to be a skilled swimmer and you got to swim par- swim parallel to the, to the, the shore. Yeah. You got to know, you got to look at yourself and see the shore if you can see it and you got to try to swim parallel until you, right, you, you got- no longer feel that pull of the undertow. And then uh, you can but it washes you yeah. uh, onto yeah. the reef, and it keeps doing it yeah. if you fight it. If they say it's the washing machine to death because right. it'll kill you. Because yeah. you bang your head against yeah. those jagged reefs, yeah, they cut you. They cut you good. Yeah, reef, reef wound. And the thing about reef, it's a living organism. Right. Mm-hmm. So if it breaks off in you, it'll continue to grow. It can. It'll get infected. I remember fucking wading. Oh man, we waded on the fucking beaches of Guam, and we'd find uh, sea cucumbers. Oh yeah, squirts <laughs> they call them. Oh yeah, you pick them up and yeah. they shit and piss everywhere. Yeah. I forgot the Japanese word for them. Shikubi? No, that's a nipple. Mm-hmm. I knew a Japanese girl had a little chihuahua named Shikubi. Shikubi? Yeah. <laughs> nipple. Nipple. I don't remember. Anyway, yeah, that's my. I got some. Yeah, I know in the Philippines they call them sea squirts. Yeah. They pick them up and they squirt match. <laughs> yep. I guess they're good eating. Hey, some of them, I think. I don't think all of them are. I don't, I don't know. know. I'm not really. 
hoping and jumping at the opportunity to eat sea We used to go fishing around. in the Philippines, and every once in a while we'd catch some, I don't, you don't even know what kind it was, but it was a big fish, and everybody would lose their fucking mind, and then next thing you know, a fucking party would erupt around this fish. The barbecue would get fired up, and some Filipino would come by and snatch your fish, right? And they'd say, that's okay, that's okay, that's okay, and next, and next thing you know, you're like in a gazebo kind of thing, and there's barbecue, and then there's great big giant wash tubs full of beer and somebody brought in a bunch of crabs and now you're having a party and it was thrown together around this fish it was wild it's crazy thing i ever seen <laughs> guam used to have these parties i forgot what they were called not fiestas you know it's that's spanish but it's a chamoran tradition to have like a like an island party yeah. And it was this shit was advertised on the radio. I mean, Chamorn Radio. They would have where five, six families would come together and make food. It'd be a huge fucking barbecue. And whoever came was invited and you come and eat, talk. Well anyways, my buddy Rusty and I were like, we just decided to go to this one down in this village. I had a uh, Lumpia for the first time. Oh Lumpia, that's good stuff. Pansit. And uh, Killigwin. Yes, you have. My wife makes excellent lupia and pants it. She do it again. Uh, but turns out I was talking with this lady, this older lady, and it turned out to be the governor of Guam. <laughs> and she had her bodyguards around her, and yeah. you know, we were just sitting there eating. And I was like, She's like, Where are you from? I'm like, North Dakota. What? What are you doing? I'm like, Military. I'm military. Oh, okay. And we just got to sort of to the customs of, you know, I have these huge parties that, and I think that's what inspired me for the backyard barbecue bash. Just to oh, have yeah? a huge barbecue and invite everybody. Just to come uh, eat on us. Well, the thing is, we, we did the first one. We just we got, we got that smoker. Oh, it was for our birthdays. Specifically for yeah. our birthdays. Because, because they were a week apart. Right. Yeah, well, we found the weekend in between the both of our birthdays. Like, okay, let's have a big we invited, party. We invited a bunch of people, and we and didn't just, think half of them would come. And then it just evolved into the Because we had one one brisket. That it is today. One beef brisket, and it lasted about 45 seconds. <laughs> and I knew it was going to be big. Yeah. The second one, we ran out of food, like, within the first half hour. Yeah. People got sick from drinking too much and not eating enough. Not eating enough, because they, they assumed that we would have all the food. People as in Cheech. Oh yeah. no, I was the one who ate. It was that was the Darla second one that you got. That you got ill, wasn't it? I gave you food. Well, I got totally drunk. Yes. Yeah, that was the second one. You the got. second one, I totally <laughs> got drunk. And then. But yeah, that's what inspired me to do. Like, a huge just deal. invite the town since we live in. Yeah, Texas, invite everybody. Town, and if you come, right on. If not, I mean, it was for, for considering the. The year we've had, it was a pretty good show this year. It was tame. Yeah, it, it was, was nice. tame. But, I mean, the thing is, is, you know, people, they, you know, going out and getting in big crowds is it's a big deal now. It's a big deal now, yeah. I have been pulled over for a DUI at one time. Sanchez was uh, kind of kind of witness to this. Well... I was waiting for a, a bunch of. They <laughs> we well, were waiting for me. Sh- Shani was uh, playing drums in a rock and roll band, and they were over at their practice place, and we had been 
drinking and uh, practicing our inhalation skills, and we decided to go to my house for a little after-practice party. And uh, so we all kind of jetted over there in a line right out of the practice spot, and as we crossed the tracks, uh, you know, all of a sudden, one car was missing. <laughs> well, here's the story. We uh, left, and our bass player at the time decides to pull a couple shitties in the in the parking yeah. lot. Yeah. And it was icy out, and he had a Ford Mustang, a red Ford Mustang, and he does a few shitties. I'm like, yeah, right on. I'm I'm cleaning up. You know, I, I heard him take off. I was locking up the space, and I get into my red Monte Carlo, and I leave, and all of a sudden, there's fucking cherries behind me. I'm like, what the fuck? Well, I, I fuck, I, I fucking pull over, and all of a sudden, it's like, uh, the guy's like, you back there fucking pulling shitties and shit? I'm like, you mean donuts? He's like, yeah. I'm like, that would require me to go in reverse because I have a front-wheel drive car. Yeah. I was like, I, I, that, no, I'm not doing that. He's like, well, who is that guy? You know him. Mean, who is that guy that was with you? I'm like, with me? I said, we were, we were playing, we were practicing our jam spot. All right? I don't know who drove what. But I was the last one to leave because I'm responsible for locking it up, making sure nobody gets, you know, I'm cleaning it up. So I, I left. And he fucking gave me the fucking field sobriety. He gave me the breathalyzer. I had put my fucking drink under my seat and it had spilled. I was fucking drunk as shit. Oh, yeah. I don't know how you passed that field sobriety. I didn't. Test. Oh, you didn't? Huh? No. I was like, dude, you got me. Yeah, got me. <laughs> what do you want to do? And and I was being, you know, I think I did all right on the sobriety test. Yeah, but he gave you the blow test, didn't he? Yeah, I failed the fuck oh, out of yeah. that. But, you know, the counting backwards, ABCs. Right. I knew not to slur, and I remembered my numbers. And he said, oh, you made a mistake. I'm like, no, I didn't. Like, well, whatever. I was like, you got me. I mean, breathalyzer says, what do you want to do? He goes, well, where do you live? Oh, it was right up here going home? I'm like, yeah. I, you know, I was going home. So he gave me a ride home, and he said, I don't want to see you out again tonight. And mind you, we live in a town of maybe 50 people. Yeah, there ain't many here. There's, so he, there's three, like 320 houses in our town. And I went home. Did I walk over yeah, to your you, house? Yeah, you ended up walking over. Well, you called us and said you're getting pulled over. You think you're going to get a DUI. Yeah, get and, your money together. And the, <laughs> the girl he was dating at the time was over there. We're all waiting for him. She's crying. Oh my God, what are we gonna do? I said, Well, you know, he'll, he'll, we'll hear from him again at some point in time. Yeah. Know? So he was either calling us for bail or to come get him or something, you know. Because I, yeah, I should have went to jail. And then you know, I don't know. It was about an hour later. You come walking through the door. I was like. All right, let's get high. I need to ride home. Yeah, I, I, I think the guy who was pull, burning the shitties in the parking lot is the one that gave me the ride home. Yeah. <laughs> but when I lived in you in Springfield, Oregon, I lived in an apartment complex, and it was crazy. I mean, it was just fucking insane. About two o'clock in the morning, there's this banging on my door. So I go out there, and no, it's more of a boom, boom, boom. Let me in, let me in. So I go and I said, who is it? And he gave some name. I said, well, what do you want? And he says, I live here. And I said, yeah, to knock on a piece of wood and the dog starts fucking barking. Knock on wood. And yeah, knock on wood. 
But anyway, so I said, no, you don't live here. I live here. So he keeps banging, banging, banging. He says, let me in. I'm going to break the fucking door in. Well, I called the cops. The cops said they can't come. They got other fucking more important things to do. If he comes in, protect myself. If he gets through the door, protect myself. So the guy wouldn't go away. The guy wouldn't go away. So I finally told him, you know, get out of here. I'm going to mace you. And he's, he's fucking hammered on his ass. So real quick, I went in the kitchen underneath the kitchen sink, and I got a can of Mr. Muscle Oven Cleaner. Oh, yeah. And I went out, and I opened up the door really fast, and I let him have it in the face with the oven cleaner. Oh. Well, he, he, uh, he, he didn't know what it was at first, and he started cussing at me and shit. And about 30 seconds later, he starts, re- he was really fucking mad. <laughs> he was going to kill me, want to know which car out there was mine. We had one of those communal mailboxes. He went out there and started kicking the shit out of that thing. The neighbor's lights started going on, and they start calling the cops because this guy's out there freaking just having a fit. So he came back to the door, and I hit him again with the Mr. Muscle. He finally went away. The cops eventually came about an hour and a half later, wanted to know what the deal was. I told them what I did, and they said, well, I guess... He won't come back. <laughs> they never caught him? They didn't care. They wouldn't ever look for him. Oh. Fuck. Dude, I mean, at, at that point in time in, in the Eugene Springfield area, if there wasn't somebody getting fucking murdered, they didn't come. They just didn't come. I, we, I was getting burglarized at a car lot I worked at. I called them. They said, we we can't respond to a, to a call like that. I said, what? She says, we're not responding to property crime. I said, what do you mean you're not responding to property crime? She says, at this time, we're only responding to drug, drug crimes and personal injury crimes. I said, okay, whatever. So drug I, crimes. I got mad. You know why? Because that makes some money. That makes some money. And so I, I, I waited a while. And I got pissed off, so I called them back, and they said, 911, what's your emergency? I told them I needed an ambulance. They said, what do you need an ambulance for? I said, because I work in this used car lot, and I got a bunch of guys back there robbing cars, and I'm going to go back and start shooting them. <laughs> I, I had four fucking cops there in about 10 seconds, and you could shake a stick at <laughs> And they weren't looking to arrest them guys breaking into cars. They were looking to arrest you. They were, they were trying to figure out a way to get me. Well, they were there. They were there. I got them there. There you go. Yeah. Got them there. Like that guy in the Philippines is, is a sailor in Longapo City that's cheating on this girl. What? And yeah, this 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 happened when I was there. Oh, this uh, we, I didn't know him, but it happened while I was there. This guy had a uh, an off base girlfriend, and what? Okay. So uh, this guy had an off base girlfriend, and he decided, and you know, met her family and all this other stuff, and they, you know, they were kind of a serious item. Well, he decided he was going to cheat on her. She found out her brother waited for this guy and jumped him and him and his buddies held him down and tattooed his eyeballs ow yeah this guy oh i, I met him and he's his, he was fucked up dude his oh, eyeballs yeah, were like all him. had freaking all marks all over him and shit they broke one of his pupils why you know yeah see, see that's the thing <laughs> I was in boot camp. A school and, and military training. With a guy, I'm going to give him a shout out if he's listening out there, if he's still alive. I don't fucking know because he's a crazy motherfucker. Randall P. Vale. He was the oldest guy in our boot camp division. All right. This is division 398. Never be late. We're always late. Always late. 398. Shout out. Whatever. But. 
I ran into that motherfucker on Guam. I recognized his voice ordering a beer. And I walk up to him, I'm like, RPV, what the fuck? <laughs> he come he looks to his right. Arnalis! Arnalis! What the fuck? I'm a, I was, and he was a CB. Do you know what? That motherfucker, that was the first and last time I talked to him because he was getting arrested up and down that fucking island because he was a CB yeah, and they see, caused some they shit. They caused some shit, yeah. <laughs> well, anyway. So I, I'm, I'm, I'm here to testify that the CBs are well alive and well in the U.S. United States Navy. Well, maybe not now. An- another was, story I'll tell you about my years CB ago. life. Yeah. Like this lady's bawling, and I'm like, "Oh shit!" Like this is, like I could see the headlight hanging out already, and like all the like, the damage to the front f- crinkled up fender. You know, like I knew this wasn't a good deer accident. You know, like she had schmucked this deer pretty good, and like the deer was laying on the side of the road, already doing the fucking twitch. No, Damn. just laying there. Dead. And so, like, I fucking pull up, ask if she's okay, and she's like, yeah, I'm, I'm fine. I'm sorry I'm being such a girl. And I'm like, it's okay. Like, no worries. Like, shit happens, you know? Like, I'm just, you're okay, though. And she's like, yeah, I'm fine. It's just, I'm sorry I'm crying and being such a girl. I just had a car full of kids, and it just startled me really bad. I was like, hey, no worries. I was like, you want me to drag the deer out for you so you don't have to go back and deal with that? And she's like, would you please? That'd be so nice of you. I was like. Not a problem. So I turn around, go pull up in front of the deer, hop out, mm. grab the deer's leg, and the fucker starts kicking. Oh, okay. <laughs> no shit. I'm Was it like, a buck or a doe? No. And doe. I'm like, I'm like, motherfucker, no gun on me. So I go back. I'm like, I know I got a knife in the pickup. Go back in there. Can't find my knife. Can't find my knife. Can't find my knife. Finally find my knife. So I'll fucking go back out there, fucking stab it, fucking pull catch the jugular, you know. It's spraying from me to you away because <laughs> the heart's fucking pumping, you know, pretty About good. Oh, yeah. Adrenaline's you going. Know? So, I mean, like, the fucking blood is three foot out, you know. E. And, I mean, my fucking hand gets covered in blood. That's the only <laughs> thing that gets covered in blood, you know. And Besides my knife, you know. Right. My knife is just, like, red, yeah, you know. It's, it's, it's not silver and black anymore. It's fucking red. And, like, my fucking hand is just fucking red. I'm like, son of a bitch. And those of you out there, you might have to do this. And so, like, I hop back in the pickup, spin around, go back in front, and she's like, can you check my vehicle and make sure it's okay to drive? And I'm like, (laughs) I got one pound low on the right side. (laughs) Air pressure. (laughs) She wasn't that, she wasn't that, that. She wasn't like that. She uh she actually had a legitimate point because the bumper was pushed back a little bit. The grill was pretty messed up. The front fender and the driver's side was kind of all like the deer had spun into the into like it was like a Toyota 4Runner or something but it had spun like into the doors and the corner. Was this pan. on the interstate or just highway? Highway 10. She was I'm doing 10. like 55 60 miles an hour. That's enough to fuck up your car. Yeah, th- th- there was uh there was no black mark so she never even touched She the didn't brake. touch her. Yeah. Well, that's she, the best way to do it. Yeah. So, I mean, I hop out, look at her vehicle and I'm like, "Well, your tire is not touching anything. Look, your wheels are turned so it looks like you got clearance." It was like nothing's leaking out. I was like, "My advice since I just had to put a deer down and everything. Granted, I didn't use a gun, but 
I'm like, you should probably call the sheriff's department and just let them know of the situation. Right. I was, like, game warden. I was like, here's my name and number. I was like, if they have any questions, they can call me. She's like, okay, I never heard back from anybody now. She she probably just let it go, said, fuck it. No, the, the deer was drugged further down the ditch, so somebody, law enforcement or something, was out there. Oh. They probably came and they said, saw what happened and said, fuck it. Yeah, they're yeah, like... It's, it's done, it's over, I know. Yeah, like, we're, we're not dealing with this. I ain't, I ain't doing two hours worth of paperwork and interviews for shit. For a deer. Get closer, Sanchez. I'm here, I can hear it. it gets, you're right, it cuts in and out. Yeah. Because you're looking at it and looking away. Hey, well, baby. I, I, can I can literally be talking straight into it. I haven't it cuts in and I out. haven't put the music on yet. That was a good story. I I, I didn't stop you because we're going to use that in our campfire tales. Oh, just just a random story. Yeah, it it was one of those deals where it's like, well, my day started out on a fucked up note. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like that was on your way to work. On my way to work. Wow. And then I get to fucking work, and mind you, when well, they're like, well, where you been? No, no, I was still early. I was still 15 minutes early. I mean, usually I like, I'm like a half hour early to work, and then we'd be sitting around bullshit, you know, and then we punch in a, at 15-2 and go go do our thing, essentially. I walk in, and now, mind you, I have a bloody knife and a bloody hand. And that part, I'm driving the Silverado, so nothing is going to touch the interior of this pickup while I'm driving, so I'm... Driving to work with a knife in my hand and bloody. <laughs> yeah. you know? Was this on Friday at 13th by chance? No, no, this was actually this last oh, week, Tuesday, okay. whatever it was, the okay. 22nd. Okay. But, uh, so I walk <laughs> into work, and there's my coworker. Hey, how's it going, buddy? And I'm like, I point the knife at him, and I'm like, listen here, you motherfucker. When somebody fucking hits a deer, and you're Mr. Survivalist, always carrying a gun and three fucking knives on you at any given time. Maybe you should fucking stop and help them out. Well, I remember when I first went to the Philippines, I uh, I didn't believe the stories that I had heard going in about the way it was. Then when we pulled into port, we had this like video lecture on these old-fashioned tube TVs. You know, it's not like it is now with a flat screen. They were old-fashioned, big. This is what to expect video? Well, this is like, you know. What to stay away from? If this is your first trip to the Philippines. Is that the cat? Yeah. I thought it was a child. (laughs) That kid fell out of the bed or something. So so there's this, like, officer, some lieutenant or something. He wasn't from our ship. He was just giving this little lecture. He's talking about your first trip to the Philippines, you know, and saying, you know, you're coming to this, this Subic Naval Base, and you know it's been here for you get a little bit of the history and say now when you go out onto the beach you're going to be tempted to try to you know you're going to want to have fun and you're going to want to drink and you're going to want to meet the girls and you're going to want to have fun and we've got a history here this the thing is is don't try to drink all the beer because they're going to make more you know so you don't have to drink it all at once you know so and, and then there's just remember that there are girls you can meet in bars there's girls you meet on streets and they said there's 17,000 registered bar hookers in this little town that you're in. At any given point in time, there's 15,000 sailors. Now, there are about 35,000 unregistered street hookers on this street. So you are not going to have a problem meeting girls. (laughs) 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 Just remember that the girls you meet in the bars 
have medical cards and they have to required to see doctors. Mm-hmm. You know, they're required to see doctors in order to be able to work in that bar. They have to go through a process. They have to have a bar license. They have to be licensed to be in the bar, working out of the bar, and they have they they are beholden to the person who owns the bar. So when you if you want to go to a bar, you talk to the bar owner. No, it, well you, you you talk to the girl. The girl will meet you. They'll tell you. And if you want to take the girl out of the bar, you have to pay a bar fine. Which means that if you want to if you meet a girl in a bar, she works for the bar, which just because you know the girls can't be in the bars unless they're a bar papered. girl, unless they're papered. Well, unless they're you know I mean there's ways around it, but. Most all the girls that you meet in a bar are bar girls, and they're beholden to the bar owner. So if you want to take that girl out of the bar, you have to pay the bar for their absence. So what if you just fuck her in the bar? Well, there's that too, <laughs> but the bar, you have to pay the bar for it. You don't pay the girl. You're still paying right, the so bar. The thing is you're still paying a bar fine to take her out of the bar, and then you're going to pay the girl well, once you take her out of the bar. Th- th- there, therein lies the rub. So, what do I do? I find a girl who owns a bar. Huh? Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so that was my girlfriend when I was there. The third the bar, Mama. Well, that way, yeah, I tell you, yeah. Well, <laughs> The third time. Well, she had other other mama songs that would take care of her bars. <laughs> she had like three bars. <laughs> nice. Yeah. <coughs> we hung out in the courtyard. She had this whole, like, a complex. She had shown us, like, little, like, three little apartment complexes in a courtyard. Mm-hmm. It was pretty pretty sweet. Yeah, it sounds yeah. really nice. But actually, she took better care of me than I could of her. Because my first girlfriend, I would give her, like, $20, and she... It's like a hundred to them. It was like four hundred to them. Yeah, yeah. It still is. I mean, today. At, at, at that time, bot. The, aren't the they? average is average it, family income for a is it a bot? No, it's a peso. peso. Filipino pesos. Yeah. Bots Thailand. Yeah. Okay. Well, at that time, the average bring home pay for a working man in the Philippines was about three dollars a week. Oh wow! Right, so, and that would take care of their family. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's. That's what they lived on. The whole family would live on like $3 a week. Of course, a beer was a nickel, and only sailors paid a nickel for a beer. Filipinos paid two cents. You know, a pack of smokes was, I think at the time, 40 cents. Filipinos paid a nickel for a pack of smokes. And so I'd give my girlfriend $20, and she would go out, she would, she secured us an apartment. This is my first trip. Secured us an apartment. Bought a bed, bought a little propane stove, a big like bottled water dispenser, and an ice box, a, an ice box with the ice cube, big ice chunk that would go mm-hmm. in it. Why the fuck didn't you marry this girl? <sighs> I didn't need that shit. I didn't need a stable life. Uh, well, I, I was. Uh, she I, knew what to get, the essentials, the basic necessities. For twenty bucks, I told her what to get. I said, "No, we need, she we, knew what to get." Well, yeah, and she told me she asked me if she could keep the leftover money. There you go. <laughs> I said, "Dude, 20, here's twenty more." Shit, you know. Mm-hmm. And then it, out of that, and, and I, that Tickle whole time we were there for like, time. we were there for like, I don't know what, two months, four, eight weeks. 
and that whole time over there on on my eight I lived weeks? off base. I mean, I eight had my weeks? own apartment. Yeah, two months. Two months. Oh yeah, we were repair ship. We went. We parked. Oh, yeah, and we did CBs. repairs. Yeah. No, this at this time I was a, this is my third en enlistment. Oh. Yeah, I, I re-enlisted as a CB, but they were done with the CBs by then. CBs almost aren't even just a thing anymore. Oh no, when I was in, they were totally a thing. Yeah, but they're they they'd quit taking people. Well, I got myself. You know what? A cat. I used to I used to feed a cat back in my old house. I I called them rusty nails. And Is I, that that big fat orange no, one that had the no, balls the no. size of fucking? He's the balls. one. He I, he's part of this story. But Rusty Nails was a gray cat. He looked like Church from Pet Cemetery. Okay. Okay. So he 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 would actually sleep on my porch sometimes, and I would wake up sometimes at two or three in the morning to him screaming. Him screaming. That orange cat you were talking yeah. about. Railing the fuck out of Oh, him. yeah. That fucking debt. That, this fucking orange cat used to walk around this town. I, I'm sure he's Ugly dead now. as fuck. Ugly as fuck. One ear all just shredded shit. Fucking looked like he, some kind of freaking bodybuilding steroid freaking Yeah, like thing. he was on the fucking yeah, roll. He had fucking nuts. He carried underneath his tail the size of fucking grapefruit. Yep. I mean, this guy... <laughs> This was a badass fucking cat. And he got into fights, and he would yeah. rape the shit out of rusty well, nails. You would, you would see him one day, he'd be walking down the street, and he'd be, like, fucking limping and dragging a leg. And shit. <laughs> then you'd see him, like, a week later, and he'd just be freaking muscling down him, and he was a cock of the walk. This fucking cat run his fucking neighborhood. But I, I did not like waking up to hearing Rusty oh, yeah. getting his ass reamed out by yeah. a fucking cat cock. Yeah, that that fucking orange cat, he'd fucking put everybody in their place. Yep. So I will not feed stray cats anymore. If they're around here, that means we don't have mice. So I'm fine with that. Yeah. But as soon as he gets comfortable with the yard, he's going to run into Chewy, and that's going to be no good. Well, the time you need mouse control is the spring and the fall. Well right now because, because it's damn near like fall on steroids i know yeah it's crazy here we're, we're 50 we're, degrees yeah it's fucking supposed to be below zero <laughs> i ain't bitching <laughs> i ain't bitching you just threw it out in the fucking universe i Sanchez. know it's, it's now it's all gonna be my fucking fault we went out one night in guam to a certain part that it was like a district where goddamn it was almost like amsterdam where you shop for women but it was like just rooms open with just a bed in there. And the lady guy, the shim, yeah. was standing in the Benny doorway. Boy. And my Philippines master chief. Benny boys. Well, we were in the Philippines. Yeah, I know. My master chief, I forget his name, but he was a great guy. He said, do not look at any of the women here. We are here for your education. All right? No matter how fucking good right, they look. No matter how hot they are, yeah. This is for your education. And it was me, Casaneda, Freedom, and him. I, I can't remember his George? name. George? No, no. These were my my higher-ups. Oh, okay. We all went out, you know. They took you under their wing? Yeah. And they showed me the ropes of, you know, this is island life. You know, when I first got there, Guam was fucking amazing. Towards the end of my stay, there were a lot of fucking trannies. There's, I'm yeah. not talking well, that, about... That part of the world, There's especially from 
from the late 60s into the 80s, all through that time, that whole part of the world, because of the value of prostitution, all right, mm-hmm. there well, were families. Fucking, there were families. That, there were families that would raise their boys as girls so they could become prostitutes. Yeah. Well, I I, mean, I, I guess that, I didn't that was notice just it. Part at, of their culture. I didn't notice it at the beginning, but towards the end. I was like, holy yeah. fuck. I mean, I, I talked to a few. They're great fucking people. Yeah, they're, they're nice. I mean, they're pretty as, long, as long as you don't insult their intelligence, you don't fucking, you know, you're not a oogler and like, what the fuck? You know, me from North Dakota, right away, I was like, what the fuck? But then you have to adapt or you're going to end up in the jungle. Well, and, what you want is you want somebody to be able to... to Explain first of all. Explain to you what the deal is. You know, they're a Benny boy, and, and or they're you know, or that's wh- what, whatever it is they that's call themselves. What my four bosses yeah. went out and did. And then and said, when you ask this them, are, are you a Benny boy? They'll go, okay, yeah, I'm a Benny boy. You know, but they, they will. No. There a lot of them will let you think that they're a woman until they get your money. You know, yeah. Well, just yeah, they're humans. You you don't judge, and you just you know. Like I had, like I said, great bosses that took me out and showed me what I'm in for, and this is how it works. Yeah. Well, I knew I knew sailors that would go out and get blind drunk every night. They would get so blind that they would go home with some girl, some guy, some girl, <laughs> quote air quotes girl, mm-hmm. and uh, come back the next day and talk talk this girl up how great she was in the sack and all this other stuff and. And then, so we would go to that bar, right? You go in. There, and, there you she know, is. There she is. The girls have like whiskers <laughs> and Adam's apples. Well, that's, that's what and you you're mean. like going, dude, uh, is this, you sure this is where you at? Oh, yeah, there's Dorothy or Mabel or whatever fucking name. And in the Philippines, they had names like that, like Mabel and Dorothy and Gladys. <laughs> I mean, Total American it's names. American yeah. people names so they can say it. Yeah, we there was we used to go hang out at this bar. We nicknamed the girls. They, these were real girls, but we, one we called White Socks because she always wore this mini skirt with these long white socks. <laughs> we called her White Socks, you know. And there was this other girl we called Horse Face because she had a freaking grill that would stick out about three inches past her nose. She wasn't ugly. We just called her Horse Face because she had a face like a fucking horse. <laughs> I'm glad. Then there was a girl called Ward Eyes. We called her Ward Eyes. Oh, Jesus. Because <laughs> she had like 45 little fucking little worm warts growing out of her eyelids. <laughs> you know what? I, I wanted to go back to Guam once. Yeah? When I got out of the military. Why? Because it's fucking beautiful there. <laughs> and there's... Rubbing tugs. There's <laughs> rubbing tugs. And there's a plane load of Japanese women coming in and going out every fucking day. Nice. So yeah. Yeah. But anyways, I went. I went to this travel agent. And I was she like, "Hey, go to Japan. What? Just go to Japan. Where fucking Japanese women are there every day. They don't have to come and go. Um, different Japanese. Women. Different. Oh, they're different. These are the ones that want to party. Ah, all right. Yeah. The Japanese women that party want to have fun. Go to Guam, just like the American women want to go. Go to Hawaii. 
Okay. That's just like just like the the third grade teacher wants to go to a different town to get drunk and whoop it up yep. because they don't want to do it in their own town. Exactly. Okay, I get you. But I went to a travel agent and I said, "Hey, I want to fly to Guam. You know, I'll stay there for a month and then come back." Okay. We had we I was down. We had it all planned out, and I was I go back for my final meeting. This was days before I had you know internet or phone. I could have just did it myself. Right. So you had to use like, traveling. I was like 19 years old, I think. And he goes, here's your itinerary, and uh, and I'm looking at it. I'm like, why the fuck am I going south? And the, the, the airport cord, uh, code, the airport code was G-U-A. Like Guam. Oh, that's Guatemala. Oh. G-U-M is Guam. Um, Guam. Maybe he just didn't know where he was sending you. No, I was going to end up in Guatemala, though. <laughs> if I would have said, you know, if I would have not known the fucking airport, airport codes at the time and been like, why am I going south? Because I had to stop in California. I'm like, well, if well, I'm I can flying imagine from that. here. Yeah, I mean, that sounds right. Yeah, but after that, I was like, I was Probably still San Francisco south. or something like that. Yeah. Oh, San, San, San Diego. Diego. Yeah. But then he was like, I was like, dude, this is Guatemala. I was like, I don't want to go to Guatemala. Guatemala International Airport. <laughs> Could you imagine if I would have bought that fucking ticket? Do you even know the name of a city in Guatemala? Nope. Neither do I. What? The first thing I thought of was I get off the plane and there'd be chickens running around. <laughs> the chicken bus. <laughs> I'm like... And then spending a month there, dude, I would fucking die. Well, see, here's the deal about that would be weird. Here's the deal about being a jaded American. We typically, as a whole, believe that any country that's like south of us is overrun with chickens and guys walking around with tortillas in their hands and wearing these white outfits with no shoes. Well, I could deal perfectly fine with tortillas. Yeah, but the thing is, if I met a guy as soon as I got off the plane and there was chickens running around and he was selling tortillas. We would be best friends. Yeah. <laughs> Especially if they were chicken tortillas, right? Well, no, chicken, no. Right? I, I was like, dude, I, I, I love meat more yeah. tortillas. I'm just saying, you know, the, the ideas that, that we as, as all Americans have about, you know, the countries to the south of us. A lot of people tend to believe that, like, there's no cities. There's no, like, you know, international It's all airports. desert, man. Yeah, it's, it's all it's, fucking yeah. desert. It's all backwards people that, you know. Wear ragged clothes so and live, south, live in Adobe that's huts. That's the southeast. Yeah, <laughs> live in Adobe huts, you know, with big, you know, wide brim hats with the fringe around it. God damn, are you racist tonight, no, Sanchez? I'm just, well, I'm just saying how racist Americans are in general. <laughs> I mean, I've been to Mexico. I, I I love Mexico. It's and and I've I've seen big cities in Mexico. You know, with you know. Well, when I was in San Diego, I was going to go to Tijuana. When I was getting out of the military. Tijuana is actually a pretty big city. I was going to go, it was right across the border. So, yeah. you know, shit wanted wanted want yeah. to go over there. And I call my dad and then tell him, ask, you know, just talking to him. So what are you going to do this weekend? I'm like, ah, we're going to go over to Tijuana. No. <laughs> He's like, you're white. I and, you, a, and you have a Mexican name. They ain't going to like that. I spent a lot of time in Tijuana when I was in the service. When I was in San Diego. That was in spoke. 1922. That was uh, 19- 70, baby, baby. <laughs> yeah, in 19 before you were born, all right, and I was 18 at the time, and I told him, he's, 
I was like, well, we're going to go over to Tijuana, see what's going on across the board. He goes, don't go over there. They don't eh, like it's not that bad. You know, here's the deal. In the 90s? I mean, what are you going to do? You're going to go walk down the street saying, oh, fuck Mexicans. Oh, yeah. No, that's it's not the way it is. If no, everybody, if everybody, white. if everybody that was white got either uh, beat up, kidnapped, robbed, murdered, or whatever, that went to Mexico or Tijuana, there nobody would be able to go there, Don't and you it remember was perfectly all those, safe. All those resort killings but, that were going on in Tijuana. Oh, just right across the border, and uh, oh fuck, I don't remember what it is. I don't want to piss anybody off pretending to know what I'm talking about, but there was a lot of shit going on back in Mexico back in the 90s and 2000s. I don't think that was on the border, though. Well, I, mean, I think that was a political My dad thing. did not want me to take the chance, is what I'm getting at. Yeah, well, so, you know what we did? We fucking walked up and down San Diego. Yeah. We fucking found a couple head shops, went to a cool couple fucking museums where I discovered Tim Cantor, pointillism guy that Depending on the light in the room, the picture changes. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. Dude. Yeah, the perspective, yeah. The perspective of the picture, yeah. yeah. There was one where you turned down the lights, and it looked like the lights, it was a, just a row of uh, street lamps, old school street lamps, and they turned up with the lights turning down. Yeah, I lived in San Diego for about three years. It was pretty cool. I was there for 90 days. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, they're, they're, San Diego, was, I have mixed feelings about San Diego. The beaches were nice. You know, most of the people were nice, but there were a lot of people there that hated sailors. Oh, well, it's just like of course they had they had good town. reason to because yeah. sailors as a as a group aren't really fucking great, <laughs> especially no. from the sixties and seventies. You know, I was in in the nineties and even then, I remember a group of CBs came over to Guam, and a guy I went to boot camp with was in that group of CBs, and they caused hell all oh, yeah. over the island. And it, yeah. I remember hearing about it from from some of the locals because I actually became friends with a lot of the locals. He goes, you guys aren't like other sailors. I'm like, what do you mean? Oh, uh, these sailors, they come to town, they party, yeah, and they, they party destroy they shit, and they tear shit up, yeah. You know, sometimes people get hurt. I'm like, well, I, I, I'm i on an Air Force base, if that helps, <laughs> but I, I, I'm here just to have fun. Fuck, dude, I'm 18 years old. I'm not here to fucking cause trouble because... I want to be able to come back here. Okay, quick sailor story. Uh-oh. 1979, 1980, I can't... I was two years old. Yeah, I can't be exactly sure, but we were uh, we were on what they call Westpac Cruise, which is where you, you go from the west coast of America and you go through the Asian corridor. Philippines. The Philippines. We had a three-day Liberty Port. Liberty Port means that there's really nothing important to do there you just kind of stop and go out and have fun right so most guys got two days off it was you know, one we day were there duty. for three days and one day duty yeah yeah and stay on a ship and run stuff so uh they got this place there called the china fleet club and it's for bona fide sailing people only sailors so you either had to be a military sailor or you had to be a merchant sailor and you had to be able to prove it when you went in there or you couldn't come in and it was a great big huge giant like 12-story building they had shopping center in there and they had uh, restaurants and they had a huge bar and i mean huge fucking mongus bar and the second time i was there 
we had a run-in with these guys off the USS Midway, which is an old aircraft carrier. It's not even in service anymore. I think they cut it up and made razor blades out of it. Yep. But uh, and there was this huge fight between us, or not? I wasn't in it. I actually wasn't even there. But between people from my ship and people from the Midway, and evidently they flattened a fucking bar. All right, there's tables broken and chairs broken, and it was it was a big thing. So, and people actually got arrested, but they didn't arrest them. They just took them back to their respective ships. Okay, so in the morning, there's this a big announcement over the ship's intercom, and the captain's going, you know, I'm, I'm really disappointed in all you people that were involved in that last night. And I just want you to know that you will be personally responsible for the financial damages that happened. You know, blah, blah, blah. And he went on and on and on about how he disgra- they disgraced the ship and they disgraced the Navy and he personally was disgraced. And blah, blah, blah. So the bill came in, right, for this huge melee. Came in. You know what the total of the bill was? Like $60. Because every, every piece of furniture in there is designed to collapse soon as something like strikes it because there's so many big ass fucking sailor fights in there <laughs> if you pick up a chair the wrong way it'll just like fold up on you well i never got into any fights really when i was overseas i i did i didn't even see any i guess oh i did so some sailors just are anti-social they just can't well, I Can't saw a lot of, like I said, when the Seabees came to town, when they came to the island towards the end of my stay, it got rowdy. I mean, I don't know if that was like a normal thing every so often, like every four or five months, the Seabees would come to town and cause some shit. But well, it's necessarily just one group. It's just a bunch of, you know, typically guys in their 20s to 30s that have been out doing something away from people for a long time, group, you know, cramped up with the same people every day and you know and all their they get all irritated freaking butt hurt and stuff and when they finally get a chance to cut loose they tend to like overdo it overdo it and 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 take a lot of their frustrations out of people who have nothing to do with their shit well, i remember the first night that i got to party on guam the uh my roommate and his girlfriend ben and heather uh, i still remember their names well, we went out on the island, and you know it was it was a good time. I mean, they were straight laced people, you know. And then we went to the beach. Oh, it was a good time. Never mind. Fuck it. Oh God, campfire stories. I miss that fucking place, man. It, it, it holds a certain place in my heart. If any place you I've miss ever your been, youth, just like the rest of us. No, it's not my youth. Fuck that. I was dumb. I had good times. <laughs> but no, I miss that that place captured my heart, man. I, I swear to God, if there's any place I was at when I was in the Navy, Guam captured. Yeah, my I, heart. I felt like that about the Philippines. I really liked the Philippines a lot. That was a good time. So, uh, shellback. Shellback. U.S. Navy. I was never shellbacked. U.S. Navy, you're, you're, when you cross the equator for your first time, there's an initiation ceremony to where you become a shellback. And our on our ship, I think it might be a little different, you know, depending on who's in charge of the initiation. On our ship, it was three days. The first day... What, what year was this? This was 1979. I was one year old. 
Okay. Well, I was 22. I even have a picture when I was one with sailor uniform. I, don't know, I was born in 57, so I was 22. I had a sailor uniform when I was one years old. Oh, yeah? It was, it was, you were adorable. It was predestined. Oh, I'm sure he probably had hair, too. Huh? A lot of it. He yeah. did. <laughs> Anywho. Anywho, so there was, it was a three-day deal, all right? And it's pretty intense. So, like, the first day, you're a wog. All right? That's what you call the guys who aren't, who, are, who there's shellbacks and there's wogs. You're a polywog. And if you're not a shellback, you are shit. All right? You are not worth the air that you breathe. So did, it, if you want, and it's all voluntary. If you want to be a shellback, you have to say, I want to be a shellback, and then you enter the initiation process. There's Jeez. guys that just said, you know, fuck that. That's too crazy for me, and they just went about their day. So once you're a wog, you are... You have to do just about everything a shellback tells you to do. And if he wants you to eat, like, a handful of peppercorns, you eat a handful of peppercorns. Then there was the part where people were walking around with their fucking, like, clothes, their underwear on the outside of their clothes. Because some shellback said, once you go go and change your clothes, I want you to put on your uniform, then put on your underwear on the outside of your uniform. And walk and go and, about and your yeah, day. Yeah, then go about your day. Yeah. So there was you guys walking around doing shit like that. Up for that shit. Well, to, at this point in time, everybody knew you weren't going to get written up. You You're were out of uniform. Yeah, but you you'd get chewed out, but only by fucking shellbacks. All right. So then there was guys that had to go and they had to put like their uniforms on backwards. Shit like that. You know, it's just it's just stupid, crazy. You know. Pretty much harmless juvenile shit. shit. Yeah. No, I actually heard then, that. Then you the next get day, the next day. Well, they're, they're, <laughs> okay, they're, yeah. like I said, okay. it, 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 it changes ships. Changes from ship to ship, you know. And who's who's in charge of the initiation? Some captains will let things go further, and some captains have, you know, they say we'll go to this point no further. Okay, right. quick question: What would okay say you got shell backed on a on a ship? Okay. And you didn't get your tattoo yet. Well, see, we're, there's there's never ever anything for me about a tattoo. Okay. Well, my old. I uh, mean, you couldn't get a shellback tattoo unless you were shellback. Until you were shellback, but, but say there you was no ch- mandatory. Just tattoos. say that you fucking switch ships, and you cross the equator again, and it's in your say, service record. It's oh. in your service record. Well, you're gonna. You I mean, but equator. if you're gonna fucking because you cannot call yourself a shellback if you're not a shellback, and if you get caught calling yourself a shellback. False valor. That's, that's it's exactly like false valor. You are you are going to get your fucking ass whooped. Okay. And you get a card. Continue. At the, at the end of it, you get a show okay. back card. Okay. To, to, and and there's a there's a code that if somebody asks you about being to show back, there's only one way a show back knows how to answer. Okay. All right. So if you don't answer the question right, I was just wondering. I mean, just if you, if you don't answer the question, if somebody asks you about being to show back, and they don't say, "Are you a show back?" There's well, the, way, the way they ask, and I'm not going to say it because it's no, it, it's you top secret. secrets. Yeah. yeah, you're sworn I'm, to secrecy. I'm, I'm not asking for it. But if I ask somebody, if if I want to know if somebody was a showback, I could ask them in a certain way, and I would know by their answer whether or not they're a showback. I'm All just right. saying hypothetically, you switch fucking duty stations within a What's week. What's in your service record? Within a week, right? And then they somehow your other ship crosses the equator, and they say you want a showback, and you say, well, I'm already showback. You would they have say bullshit. You would have a card. Within that day or week? Oh, at the end of the three days, you get your card. Okay. It's that well, quick. Yeah. No, I, it's, okay. It's, 
I mean, it's not. I like, was just wondering. I don't know. I've never. I'm not claiming to be shellback because I don't fucking know. It's only a super secret society within the little fucking navy thing, and it's not that big a deal. I mean, no. you would get your ass fucking whooped, but that only by only by real hardcore sailors. But now, so nowadays, anyway, the, the next day, it's it's wog day. So now, like, so from Paul, so now the shellbacks. So well, it's wog day. Now you're in charge. So okay. Now the, now the, the, now the shellbacks have to. First day is the first day. You're just a wog. Okay, you're just a wog. Yeah. The, the then second it's wog day, day. Second day, you're it's wog day. Now you're in charge. Okay. So now, within reason, the shellbacks have to do what you tell them. All right. So you can now. Tell it's them it's to common where knowledge that you want to be careful. You don't want to say shit. Well, you don't want to. You don't want to start casting because they'll have to do what they what you tell them. And if you tell them to go put their fucking uniforms on backwards, they have to do it. All right. They have to do everything that you had to do, but there's another day coming. Yeah. All right. Their, their day again. And that I is assume. the day of pay. Okay. All right. That's when the oil and shit come out and the grease and the fucking fruit salads and shit like that where they make you crawl across a deck like through. On the non-skid? Yeah. Yeah. Naked through the, or in your underwear through like all kinds of nasty shit. They got the biggest baddest guy on a ship he's called the royal baby mm. all right and they have cherries and this guy's got this fucking cherry in his navel and you gotta fucking lay on and depending on how you were on wog day is how far you gotta crawl across the deck through all this nasty shit that they figured out and you have to pull that fucking cherry out of the royal baby's belly button with your teeth yeah <laughs> And then there's, you know, you get hosed down with fucking salt water and shit. It's, it's, Is there any truth to the flogging with fire hoses? No, I've never seen that. Like, I, I don't think that's legal. Because the captain's there the whole time. He's not going to let people He's not people. there the whole time. Oh, he's overseeing the whole goddamn thing. Because uh, when I was in, they, they stressed no shellback, no hazing, no nothing. Wink, wink. Oh, no, this was in the plan of the day. The whole whole crossing the equator shellback thing was in the plan of the day. The captain announced it over the 1MC on the ship. 1MC is the intercon system. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And over the, you know, and, you know, this is the way the plan of the day is. It's shellback time, you know. Today is, today we we find out who the wogs are. And, uh. Red one. Ice. Oh, Ice. Today we find out who the wogs are. You know the wogs that they're they're going to step up. You know they want to be shellbacks. Tomorrow's going to be wog day, and then the next day is royal baby day. Is is the day? The it, what? The royal baby day. Royal baby day. Yeah. Well, that's not what he called it, but that's the day when the royal baby gets. But and 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 on that day, the captain is standing behind the royal baby. I mean, this is it, and there's no beating. There's no you know physical harm to anybody. Oh, it's just one. It's yeah no it's not like that. I Is mean, that a fucking wolf? So anyway watched. yeah that's uh being watched. That's the way that goes and then then at the end of it you know everybody has a big laugh and they all oh you're and, all and, and then the guys who didn't participate feel like they are asses. fucking shunned. <laughs> oh, <I'm> <laughs> they sure. are shunned. And you get a card you get a card saying uh, you know I'm a shell back you know I've crossed the equator on this date. At this time, you know, mm-hmm. on this ship. That's cool. Yeah. 
And if, I guess if you want, you could get a tattoo, but I don't think you would want to get the tattoo unless you could prove you were a shellback. If you're, if you're oh, staying yeah. in the Navy. Well, my my boss or my uh, supervisor showed me his shellback tattoo. He goes, I was shellbacked and had the date. He had a tortoise with the date. Yeah. Over it. I was AIMD. That means I was shore-based. And uh, I was on the tiny island of Guam, which where a lot of people don't know. It's a little southeast of Japan. It's a U.S. territory. It's a U.S. territory. They don't vote for the president. territory. No, neither is Puerto Rico. (laughs) Neither is Puerto Rico, where they all lost all those votes. (laughs) But I was on the island of Guam. For a good while and within my first week I was hazed well yeah it's a pleasantly kind of, it's a kind of hazing yeah pleasantly uh, we went out to uh, I think my first week there I couldn't leave base second week I was on duty within the first month I would say I met up with a few guys and their girlfriends and we went out and they said this is what's going to happen tonight we're going to go to x amount of teddy bars x amount of clubs you pay for the first round and the last round we pay for everything in between oh god i got my fucking heart going just thinking about this shit because it was and your wife sitting next to you <laughs> well nothing bad happened i mean nothing i'm ashamed of Really? It was just such a, an amazing time because we went to Vikings Club USA, the G Spot. Uh, I don't even know the names of the rest of them. Well, I guess people don't understand it. If, if you've ever lived in a sailor town or an area with sailors, you'll Port. understand you know, that. That, that these bars exist places oh, yeah. like the g spot or the wet spot or <laughs> and the, they were titty bars they yeah were, i mean it was just club usa i think was just a club like a fucking nightclub but i don't remember what titty bar it was but uh fights and uh kipping uh name George I'm just gonna his name was George but I just wanted to go by last names uh, I think maybe a couple other guys so like we were, we're going out on the island we're going to titty bars and just what I explained to you and the titty bars on Guam full nude yeah full nude alcohol served oh yeah you act up you're going to end up in a fucking jungle somewhere, so you don't fucking act up. Right. But uh, we were at this titty bar. I just remember getting fucked up. And before I knew it, my head was in this stripper's pussy, and it smelled so perfumey. <laughs> I mean, yeah. it didn't smell like a pussy. <laughs> well, of course not. She ain't going to let you smell her. Look like a taco, smell like fish. <laughs> It, it smelled like fucking glitter and fairy dust. <laughs> but 
I wanted to just dive right into it. How old were you? I was 18 years 18 old. 18 years old. Don't worry, Sean. I was only eight. Yeah. <laughs> that, that doesn't make this story any more palatable. <laughs> that means I wasn't even in the radar. It's all good. Yeah. Well, this is funny. That means that you're just thinking way outside the box. Well, Sean when, you, when you were eight years old, your future husband was buff dies of a hooker in the mm-hmm. guap. He was. <laughs> <laughs> that is total perspective right there. I see it all clearly now. <laughs> oh. You know what it's like to wake up on a tropical island to Gloria Esteban singing fucking her fucking island music and it's 70 degrees, blue skies everywhere and no breeze and just beautiful? Only because when I did it, Gloria Esteban wasn't a thing. (laughs) No, I woke... Well, I'm going to get back to this story, but... me, it was... I'll tell you. Well, I woke up one morning at my boss's balcony because he said, you ever get all fucked up and don't want to drive back to base, stay at my place, which we did. I stayed on his balcony a few times and just waking up on an island with fucking tropical island music blaring from some bar right down the street at 11 in the morning or 10 in the morning. It's just amazing. Sounds magical, really. But anyways, so was this stripper's pussy. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it smells like perfume and glitter. Fairy dust. Oh, I'm fairy dust. Fairy dust. But anyways, as my fucking nose was down there, she started, you know, rubbing her fingers up my back. And my buddies, air quotes, you know, my shipmates, throwing, they were making it rain, giving her fives, ones, I don't know, tens, whatever. And they said... Keep going deeper. And all of a sudden, my back was bloody. I had fucking... Like, like I fucked the shit out of her. You know how oh, the, yeah. the, the scratches Walmart. would yeah. go fucking sideways? Cat These were scratch. vertical. Uh-huh. And I did nothing of the sort. Well. I didn't touch her. I, I was totally... I was 18 years old. I was just happy where I was. Yeah, you wouldn't have been able to last long enough for... Well, even if I would have fucking just, you know, went for the fucking nosedive, you know, into the bush. Or there's no bush, but I have a feeling I would have got either kicked out and shot or she would have kicked my ass. But they kept throwing money at her to keep going and going and going. She just clawed the shit out. Oh, fuck, dude. It was bad. Got any long-lasting scars? Nope. Well, you're lucky then. Nope. And then the next couple days at work, I couldn't sit back in my chair. You know, I was like, I was sitting totally straight up and I was working on my shit, reading my books. And I told my boss about it, my supervisor. He goes, what the fuck were you thinking? Do we need to send you in and get tested now? I'm like, dude, I didn't fuck her. I didn't do any. No, but no, but look at your fucking. medically, (laughs) psychologically. He's about, look at your fucking back. It's like a fucking bear got a hold of you. Like, well, you know, I guess this is what you got to do to get on the island. Maybe she just really didn't like drunk white guys. But I didn't no. do anything. Your buddy is yeah, just... But did, no, they didn't encouraged have her. They paid him. They, they paid her. Yeah, they yeah. encouraged well, her to go deeper. Yeah. They, so. Yeah, they paid her well. So 
And like I said, I bought the first drink and the last drink, and the rest is fucking history. Yeah. It's probably a good thing you don't remember every little bit of it, huh? I remember enough. Enough? Yeah. It happened. And I got my ass chewed. I was like, hey, I'm telling you about it. What the fuck? Well, yeah. But then, like a few months down the line, him and our fucking master chief, he was a parachute rigger. We fucking go out on the town. Holy fuck, would we get fucked up? And that's total fraternization. I mean, that's not allowed. I used allowed. to go out with our chiefs all the time. Our master chiefs, senior chiefs, all well, the time. Well, that's yeah. back then. It's, it's totally, I can, you know, yeah, enlisted no, can't even get involved with fucking petty officers. I mean, what? like airmen, job. you know, A1 or E1, 2, and 3 can't are not supposed to be fraternizing with 4, 5, and 6. Well, that's some stupid fucking... Bureaucratic person. shit. Well, that's, some, that's, that's one CO's fucking rule. That, well, that, could that be. Isn't, yeah, that isn't throughout the Navy. But my master chief was a parachute rigger. I used to hang out with our captain. Very few master chiefs that are, par- are parachute riggers. And very few chiefs even. My supervisor could not make chief. And he was a fucking E6 for goddamn like 20 years. He was stuck there. Well, there was a reason. <laughs> We had good times. Yeah, there was a reason. Yeah, we had good Cause, times. Because once you reach first class, yeah, yeah, it, you're stuck. Well, no, unless there's an opening and you make the fucking well, you, cut. They, what they call it, PNA, pass or not advance. Mm-hmm. But you only do that like three times for chief, and then after you're like on your fourth time, it's an automatic. I don't think he made it. So unless there's something, something I don't know on your history that you fucked. You know, you, somebody got mad enough at you to put a fucking mark on your page 13 or some shit like that. <laughs> oh, maybe. Where, yeah. I never got that. I mean, he was a yeah. great guy. I mean, I got to, I mean, I know he was the one that turned me in for a joint. I know it. Oh, yeah? Yeah. I don't care. It was meant to be. But anyway, or half a joint, I should say. Because I saved half of it. And he found it. <laughs>
Well, we were playing hacky sack outside our jam spot one evening. And, you know, our jam spot was notorious for having the cops called because it was for A, it was in an alley, you know, downtown, yeah. but it was commercial. There was really no noise ordinance. Right. But, but you probably attracted a lot of people. A lot. Yeah. But the thing is, the fucking doors were closed. It got hot. We, I mean, it was hot with like 60 people in there. It got hot. So we opened the doors and the music spilled out and people from the bars came in and where the fuck am I going a, with this? A party generated. You're yeah. yeah. Well, the cops sack. would come. But then, that, yeah, we came out and we play hacky sack outside, you know, just fucking, you know, cool off. And the cops would, you know, pull up in the alley, fucking three of them. Right. Block all entrances. And they come up and be like, hey, what's going on here? We got to, you know, just make sure everything's going all right. I'm like, yeah, we're just out here playing hacky sack. Nobody's smoking any weed out here or anything. You got no left-handed cigarettes from time? No, we don't. And he looked on the ground, and that's when a uh, singer, I'm not going to mention his name, but from our other band, he rolled his own. All right? Yeah, rolled his own smokes. Right? Yeah, rolled yeah. his own smokes, and he'd throw the fucking butt down. And no butts, but just a roach. He's like, whoa, 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 what do we got here? Yeah, what do we got here? <laughs> oh, you, guys, you guys just sit tight. You guys sit tight. Let me, t- let me check this out. And he, and he goes, he'd pick it up. Hmm. He'd open it, and he'd smell it. And he'd turn around, and he gave us the dirtiest look. Because he couldn't arrest you. I was like, well, what was it? Nothing, nothing. Nothing. Yeah. Nothing. I'm like, well, no, you, you pick something up. Did you find well, what's going on? Nothing. Don't worry about it. You guys just, you know, stay out of the street and keep that door closed. In nineteen seventy, the resentment. Oh yeah, yeah, I know. Yeah, they, I mean, it was like your. It was you my fault that he couldn't arrest somebody. That he couldn't, you know, break up because we weren't doing anything illegal. All right. Nobody was drinking outside. I said, you know, the door was cracked open. I was like, we came out. We we had to get some air. We got just got done playing and. He was looking for drugs. Yeah, he and, figured, he, well, it, it figured, and it, why it, else would you bring three officers or three cars? Because they probably didn't have anything better to do at that that's point. That's fucked. I mean, yeah. Because that sounds like a lot of manpower for just to nothing. check, just to check on somebody. You mm-hmm. know, you know, cops are cops, and depending on where their cops at, they act differently. I mean. I lived in Denver for a number of years, and we we went even early. It was like eight o'clock in the evening, and there was a like a slash head shop, and I don't know billiard parlor. They had like foosball tables and pool tables and stuff, and nice stereo. You go in there, you play pool, and they sold like sodas and coffees, but they had a head shop in there, and I had this old Ford that I bought for a hundred dollars off this uh, out of this junkyard. This thing, if if I could get it up to fifty miles an hour at any point in time, I was fucking lucky. I mean, you could pull start that thing with a fucking rope. It was so fucking loose. And we we all we we were. That sounds like my ex wife. We were getting ready to go out, you know, for an evening. So we pulled in there, and we you know we would uh, we played some pool, I think some foosball, and we were pulling out of the parking lot. And this thing, I mean, it would take. 20 minutes to get up to 50 miles an hour. There was no way you could, like, accelerate or anything. So we pulled out of this parking lot, and we headed down the road, and all of a sudden, fucking lights everywhere, right? So we pulled down, parked in this alley, and they told us, pull forward. 
we pull this out. There's like five police cars, right? So you know, like, like oh, whatever. Well, this detective comes up and he wants to talk to us. And I asked him. I said, "Well, and, and they're just uh, IDing everybody, checking everybody's IDs, want search, looking through the car, pulling us out." Where did this story come from? Well, cops, the way they act. Oh. And I asked him. I said, "Why? Why did you pull us over?" And he says, "Well, you appeared." Like you were going to leave that parking lot at a high rate of speed. That was their excuse for pulling us over. Because it looked like I might go fast. You might go fast. Yeah. I had that happen in Dickinson. I had a car with a very high idle. I mean, very high. I I was on the on the west side at fucking Frankie's. I was at Frankie's, and we were going to go across the street to Classics to play some pool. And uh, I fucking come out of Frankie's, and my fucking car just revved. And I let off the brake. I fucking squealed out, went across the fucking road, and fucking, you know, just power braked damn near because my, both my feet were on the brake. Didn't hit the building, but stopped. Not even 30 seconds later, fucking two squad cars on me. You know, I shut my car off. And they're like, what the fuck was that? I was like, you know, I don't know. I don't know. It was an accident. <laughs> yeah, I, don't, I don't know. It, was, it wasn't an accident. I was like, my car just seems to have like a very fucking high idle right now, and I don't know what the fuck happened. I was, you know, whatever. Yeah. and You were perfectly innocent. And they're like, what do you mean? I was like, here. I said, I'll give you the keys or I'll... I'll take the keys and start it. I just so you know, I'm not doing shit to the car. So he's like, "All right." He he gets in the car. He starts it. I mean, that fucker just took off like three, four grand. You remember what kind of car it was? Uh, Oldsmobile. It was an Oldsmobile. It was an older, like an eighty-four, eighty-five. But mm. I was like, I was like, see. I was like, I, I just fucking started it. We left fucking if you were if you were on me this quick, you saw me. I just left fucking Frankie's and I came right across the street and it did that. And he fucking let me go. He goes, You better get that checked out. I'm like, Yeah, yeah, we're gonna play pool here and we're gonna get this checked out. 